Welcome back to Birds of a Feather Talk Together. We're finishing up the spooky season with another spooky bird, the raven. We've done a little bit of a Halloween theme this month with our Bloodsucker episode, the Shoebill episode, and now we'll close out the month talking about ravens. Edgar Allan Poe made ravens famous and associated them with evil and representing death, but they also happen to be one of the most intelligent and interesting birds around. They actually impersonate other bird calls, but could they actually learn to say the word nevermore? Hear what John and Shannon have to say when they discuss ravens with Amanda and I. Okay, go get your binoculars and let's get started. Welcome back everyone. So continuing with our, uh, our Halloween theme for this month, we're going to talk about the raven today. So I don't know. I don't know a lot about ravens aside from kind of creepy folklore and what Edgar Allan Poe has <laughs> told us. So we're excited yeah. to learn more. Nevermore. We... Yes. Nevermore. <laughs> so one question kind of off the bat, I'd... are raven and... ravens and crows, are they one and the same? Is it a type of crow? I know that they're highly intelligent animals, both ravens and crows, but what's kind of the difference between a raven and a crow? Well, they're not each other's. They're they're not nested within each other or anything like oh. that. They're, they're separate. Not. Ravens okay. are big versions of crows, but they're not the same species or oh, anything. Really? Okay. Anything okay. like that. Ravens are kind of a almost a song of my childhood because sometimes I think there are more ravens than crows really? where I was growing up, and and I don't find them spooky. No. Oh. No. <laughs> you think it's because they're black? Is that why people like black cats that people find them spooky? I think so. I think it might just be like kind of the way you're raised. It's you, other people tell you it's creepy. Maybe if you're exposed to them more, like because from where you're from, Shannon, you well, saw them all the time. A, they call it a murder of crows. Uh-huh. So that uh-huh. is spooky and right. creepy in and of itself, <laughs> yeah. I suppose. I don't know. What is What's a, a group of ravens? Yeah. A uh, group of ravens. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's not like you know, homicide I mean, I guess, <laughs> you know, whatever team. I think <laughs> is not relevant because they are symbols in a lot of cultures yeah. of of death. And so that they have that power. Right. So they're part of this very large family called the Corvidae. And it's a really successful family. And meaning they are on islands all over the world. Um, ravens themselves, common raven, the one we're talking about, is a is a very temperate bird, north north temperate. So they're found up at higher latitudes and they go all the way up to to basically the Bering Sea um, in Alaska, as far north as you can get. And uh, so they're I like to think of them for how successful they are they have a huge range and they're all over uh the old world too and it's the same species well depending on your taxonomy they're genetically distinct and yeah but uh they're also considered to be this group of birds is considered to be the smartest group of birds that we know of and that's because they've been brought in to captivity and shown that they can solve all kinds of complex puzzles that that other birds can't and so they're they're incredibly interesting birds in that sense and you know i think that could be a little spooky i mean yeah. and and they're more than willing to do things like i mean they're they're kind of scavengers and uh opportunistic birds so they'll 
Yeah, you'll find them on the side of the road sticking their head inside of something dead. Mm. Yeah, they'll go after other birds' nestlings if the nest is unattended. Um, Yeah, you don't turn your back on a a crow or raven if you're a breeding bird because (laughs) they're very good at what they do. They have huge vocal repertoires. They can mimic. They... Uh, there's a, a study that just was published looking at brain size and complexity of vocalizations, and it it turns out that ravens do, you know, they have large brains for their body size. Even if you correct for relationships, um, they they just they do. So this behavioral flexibility, these. They they can do things that we only thought humans could do. They can not just problem solve, but they can store items and use them later. Oh, so wow. it's they see something, it has a use in their mind, it has a use, but it, they're not going to use it right away. Oh, and it's wow. not food, but they might barter with it or trade with another bird with some kind of trinket. Wow. They pick up colored, weird colored things. This is, goes across a family. They they. They're very curious, like intensely curious, yeah. uh, which is probably one of the reasons why their brains are so large. And you should not be afraid of calling being called a bird brain. I always tell people this now because <laughs> crows, corvids have the same density of neurons as higher primates. So these things can do things that chimps and, and orangutans can do, wow. not just – and that's – you know, they recognize themselves. They recognize others. They – they can do all kinds of, of really complex behaviors, which is makes them completely fascinating. And can they, they use tools as well? They like do. they figured out that's something that's unique to I mean, ravens, right? I mean, I mean not entirely, yeah. but 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 I think it's Darwin's describing finches, you know, Darwin's yeah. finches use tools too. Oh. The, 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 but the but the the mentality in the in how they're using them I think is at a different level compared to what yeah. Darwin's finches would do. Yeah, they they have a plan. Okay. If you give them things and a puzzle they've never seen, they'll figure it out. Wow. You don't have to demonstrate it for them. They'll figure out how to pull out sticks and get what, the food that comes out. And what, they don't even have to have a reward. The challenge of just doing things is enough uh, for these birds. Wow. They play. Uh-huh. Um, they there's hilarious videos of them purposefully sliding down snowbanks and sliding down roofs, and it's really clear, even though I'm anthropomorphizing a lot, it's <laughs> really clear that they're playing. And the scientists who studied them say that that's indeed what they're doing. So there's a large part of play that is why they are can problem solve. Um, you know, that's what kids do. They play. They experience their world through through that play. And they get more sophisticated as they get older because they have experiences in that play world. Wow. Um, and so crows and ravens are really un- unbelievable. You should be awed by them, not afraid of them, <laughs> <laughs> even if they are called murders. <laughs> so I want I want to go back. I want to steal a question that RJ brought up on the train down here. So going back to what you were saying about Shannon, Shannon about um, – their vocalizations, and we were wondering, could, <laughs> could a, a raven actually say nevermore? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if one has ever been taught to do that. That's kind of I, if I had to bet, 
I would bet yes. Mm. But, wow, good question. <laughs> <laughs> because they are so, they mimic a lot of other things. They have huge repertoires of vocalizations. Which, which is so. funny because they... I would they say they might not use them in their mostly in, real life. In but. real life, they 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 don't use them particularly. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not you know, every once in a while you hear it's kind of some gurgling stuff, but but yeah, I wouldn't put anything past a raven. Wow. So when they're mimicking other bird calls, are they just doing it for their own, like a like it's a puzzle, like they're trying to mimic something, or are they doing it to impersonate them, or so, how? Do... So so. I don't so so mimicry is an interesting thing because there, there are lots of different birds that mimic, and once again I would say that with crows I don't think them doing it for any purpose other than the fact that they can and like they they have the capacity they figured out the capacity to do it so it's it's almost like sliding down a snowbank in the sense that they've got the metal capacity to do it they're they're they're, they're definitely. Uh, beyond a lot of other birds in terms of of that mental capacity, which is one of the reasons why it makes them so interesting. One thing I wanted to point out is that here in the Midwest in Chicago, you've got to go up to northern central Minnesota, northern Wisconsin to to actually get in the range of of, uh, common ravens. So in the west they come all the way down into Arizona through the Rocky Mountains up in the high elevations and in the east they're in the Appalachians um, and their numbers have varied quite a bit but one of the interesting things in both those southern parts of those mountainous areas on either side of the country is that that they've uh, also started to come down into lower elevations and even move into urban areas Hmm. and you know that's a something that's happened in the last 20, 25 years or so. And so that's a, it's interesting that even as smart as these birds are, they clearly have had a lot of trepidation about being around humans to a large extent in the past. Well, that might be smart. That's true. Might be. Yeah. 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 Ravens are pretty amazing. Did you guys see pictures of them anting? No. No. So they, um, and crows do this too. They will let They'll stand by an anthill and let ants crawl on their feathers. And, um, you know, there's lots of reasons why people think that might happen. But it might be because the uh, the things that the ants spew out, the formic acid, things like that, are keep other things away from them so Uh they don't get bit by as many mosquitoes and other other things like that but there are these really weird pictures of them having ants crawl over their body they might they might um snap the ant and rub the ant bodies on them which (laughs) is clearly them trying to put chemicals onto their uh, onto their feathers so maybe that keeps mites away or other things that you don't want necessarily crawling all over all over you but the idea of going and standing by an anthill and letting those things crawl all over you (laughs) you know but there are because they're black so the the images are really well okay so ravens are creepy (laughs) (laughs) she's come around they're also kind of amazing from a standpoint of their ability to live in really inhospitable areas. So uh, I remember as a kid 
they used to publish, the Audubon Society used to publish this Christmas bird count summary of all the Christmas bird counts. And one of the ones I would always look up because it would always be interesting was one at the far north, northern tip of Alaska in Point Barrow. And they would go out there and they would, they have like a couple hours, it's it's dark there in the winter. And so there's not much you can do, but they would go out and have, I don't know, six hours by uh, snowmobile or something. And the only birds they would see would be a couple of ravens. No. And so, you know, here's this, you know, they're, they're capable of living in a lot of different places. And they're very long lived too for a songbird, you know, I think I read in captivity the oldest one they know of is sixty was sixty nine years old. Oh my god, that's gosh. super old. Yeah. Parrot kind of wow old. Wow. I, I doubt that that's all that common, but they are um, a lot more long lived than you might think some songbirds are. So they're also in the same part of the tree of life for birds as birds of paradise are. Hmm. Um, and even though crows are really cool, they did not you know branch out into the land of unbelievable feathers mm-hmm. or anything like that but but their brains are so, really special so when you say that you know th- 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 i think crows and magpies and some of the jays and stuff are well the jays cool the but, but not ravens themselves i mean there's no that's white true and ravens are just on them and that's no. and black and, and that's about you it. know there's an interesting mm-hmm. thing too it's like what's the benefit of being an all black bird yeah. like that hmm yeah, if you live in a de- hot desert too, yeah. why? That's not such a good thing. Yeah, it's to creep people out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Does anything prey on crows? Like, I'm wondering, is there some advantage there? Yeah, well, West so, Nile so, virus so, preys so, on so, crows. So, so ravens are big enough that I don't <laughs> think sorry, they get ravens. preyed upon. I mean, no, but okay. but but the, when you said that, what I was thinking about is an old article I remember reading where crows will mob things, and ravens would do some of this too, and. They were mobbed. There was a the person was watching them mob a great horned owl, and most of the time that drives a great horned owl off. And in this particular case, the great horned owl reached out and grabbed one of the crows and killed it. Oh. And I mean that shut up everybody else. <laughs> and, and so you know you can imagine, yeah. I mean they can their vocalizations. They can deceive birds. They can make alarm calls that are not because of an alarm, but. Maybe it's part of play behavior too, yeah. right? You know, the way little kids will learn how to lie and it's a sign of brain development yes. when they can do that. Yeah. <laughs> also super creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we are so. coming in on the creepy side. But <laughs> I, I, there's, there's, I, I feel like, you know, they're, they're considered mystical animals by a lot of Native American tribes. And, and I think that's kind of well-earned by sort of, I guess you could call it the spookiness, but just kind of the otherworldly aspect of their calls and things like that. And so, Yeah, how smart they are. They follow yeah. people. If they think you're doing something that's benefit them, they'll follow you. Oh, how creepy. So, <laughs> <you know. laughs> doing what a raven does. That's yeah. right, because they're smart and their brains are really evolved. <laughs> Should we get into uh, a mailbag question? Sure. Okay. This is funny because, Shannon, you talked about bird brains earlier in this episode, and this person is talking about bird brains as well. So this is from uh, Poppy from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, And she says, in one of your episodes, Shannon talked about how the term bird brain should be a compliment because birds are so smart. This is very 
in tune with our episode. <laughs> Can you go into more detail on how smart birds are? Also, I think Bird Brain would be a great name for fans of the podcast. What do you think? Um, good call. <laughs> I, I'll view that as a compliment because yes. that's what I tell everybody. So yeah. if you look at one of the ways you can measure brain capacity is by looking at the density of neurons per given space. Okay. And crows and ravens, corvids in general, have a much higher um, number of neurons per given space than other birds do. And in, in this case, it approaches what you see in chimpanzees and other higher primates. And so that is a lot of brain capacity trapped in a very small space. And so birds aren't dumb. I don't, where did that bird braid thing come <laughs> from? Not from people who spent Chickens. time well, that could be oh. true. Not okay. from people who spend time around crows or ravens. That That's probably going to elicit some responses. Uh -oh. I don't know. I should have looked that up. The whole where did bird brain come from? Well, I was, I, but I, I'm always reminded by a, a short piece in a in a nature documentary where they were talking. They were showing how good members of the Corvidae were at solving various puzzles. And they got to the end and they had a common raven and they said, let's compare what the common raven can do to to some other animals. And they pulled out these two standard poodles. <laughs> and <laughs> Who are thought to be smart, right? Poodles are thought to be really smart. And yeah. they did what we've been talking about, which they, they showed the raven how to do a puzzle and they pulled the same puzzle out and they showed the dogs how to do it. <laughs> and it was a completely unfair thing because the raven, of course, 30 seconds later, had gone through and redone this puzzle and gotten whatever the reward was. And the, the dogs just sat there and looked at it. <laughs> and, but, but I loved it because it, it kind of highlighted like dogs are definitely not that smart when it comes <laughs> down to things. And, and they're not necessarily problem solvers in most situations. Oh, yeah, there's, there's some hate mail right there. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, it has get to do with the fact that yeah. humans have messed with the dogs, right? So mm -hmm. the, right. these breeds of dogs are bred for particular I'm, things. I'm not I, I'm not saying so. coyotes could do any better in those puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be scarier. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So it's really hard because humans don't want that from you. You don't want your dog. That's why people have they're freaked out about cats because, you know, you want a dog to be loyal. So it's very good at the things or it might be very good at hunting or finding ducks or something just like point that. Out, a cat would not solve that puzzle either. <laughs> yeah, that cat would just destroy the puzzle and say whatever. And eat the raven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, try, or at least try to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. That's it's pretty funny. <laughs> so. All right. So our listeners, bird brains, yes or no? I like that idea. Yeah. I, love it. <laughs> I think I'm it's all funny. For it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's a good place to call it then. John, do you want to close it out? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, we need more bird brains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's get some bird brains. <laughs> yes. Thanks everyone for listening. Real quick, I just wanted to end the show talking about one of my favorite raven scenes in movies and TV. There's an episode of Sopranos, I'm sure we've got some Sopranos fans out there, where Christopher is being initiated into the mob. During initiation, he looks out the window and he sees a raven looking into the window right as he's getting his finger pricked. It's such a funny scene, and he's such a head case, 
and then after that, who has a more tragic story arc than Christopher? And does seeing the Raven allow him to be more self-destructive? It gives him an excuse to go off the rails? Or does seeing the Raven actually curse him? It's so well written. We love that show. Had to mention this on our Raven episode. If Michael Imperioli, David Chase, or Stephen Van Zandt ever want to talk birds with us, we'd be thrilled. Okay, happy Halloween, everyone. See you next time, bird brains.